Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson, tune in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune in to the Turn On The Jets podcast. going on everybody welcome back to the turn the jets podcast i'm your host will parkinson at will 11 on twitter instagram and tiktok happy victory monday joined by uh, joe caparoso badlands toj joe how are we doing today i'm doing very well we've had a lot of victory monday podcasts this season and it's very refreshing feeling yeah, good we, uh, we're gonna give johnny diabetes at this point with the amount of ice cream he's getting um we gotta we gotta make sure we don't uh make sure we keep him healthy and in shape but um plumping him up with some ice cream is always nice but Obviously, um, I started doing this, uh, I guess, you know, almost 22, 23 months ago. Um, you've been doing this for a long time. This is the biggest Jets win, Jets home win in at least seven years. I would say it's honestly even more consequential than the Patriots game from 2015 since they didn't make, make the playoffs that year. Obviously, you gave your initial reaction yesterday. Um, we got a we got a mother effer out of you within – well, I get one curse per big win. That's 20 it. 20 seconds. So um, general takeaway from yesterday, now that you've had, you know, almost 24 hours to sit on it. Uh, man, I mean, look, uh, I think it's just coming to terms with what this team and what this season is. This is a team that, particularly in the vacuum of this specific NFL season, is good and one of the better teams in the NFL. And I think they carried that attitude into the week where the mentality was that, Yes, we know Buffalo is very good, but we are also good and we expect to win this game and we don't consider it shocking that we are hanging around and we are going to potentially find a way to win, which is why they were able to stay pretty even when they were down 14-3. And that's been a nice recurring trend we've seen from this team where even if they get down double digits, the game is not over yet and they adapt well on the fly and they adjust well mid-game, which is a credit to the coaching staff. And I get you just look around the league, you put the Eagles aside because they're undefeated. Everybody right now is very much clustered together. And I know going into this week, you would have said everyone except for the Eagles, Bills and Chiefs are all clustered together. Now the Bills got two losses, both in the division. The Chiefs have two losses and they barely got by the Titans last night with Malik Willis throwing for like 50 yards, I think. And have been in a lot of other close games this year. So am I saying the Jets are as good as the Bills or the Chiefs. And if they played the Bills 10 times, that the Bills probably wouldn't win more than the Jets would, no. But what I'm saying, this is one of those weird years where if you could get into the tournament, 
there's a chance that some funky stuff is going to happen. And I'm not, this is the type of season where everyone and the way teams are winning is the way the Jets are playing. Look around the league. The Jets are not the only team winning with their quarterback throwing for 154 yards and playing good defense and running the football. That's the style of play that's working this year. And this team, you know, they've won five of their last six games. They've lost one game since late September. That's incredibly impressive for a roster this young. So I think it's, starting to become less and less surprised by the outcome when they go out and win a game that before the year, we would have never thought they would have had a chance to win. Yeah. I, uh, I had a weird feeling yesterday. Uh, the Jets were going to win. And I, I know sometimes you, people get these, you know, you get that feeling and I know, yeah, I think you mentioned it early, you know, maybe like eight or nine in the morning yesterday. Like I, I just, there was a really clear path to the Jets winning this football game. And I made it abundantly clear on last week's episode. It's a turn Josh Allen over, which, has frankly happened, you know, he got very lucky in the Miami game, they ended up losing that game. He got very lucky against Green Bay that Green Bay can't throw the football, but the Bills couldn't stop the run and they turned the ball over and they're pretty one-dimensional. It was basically take away Stefan Diggs. And that's how the first play, you know, Diggs had some nice moments, but it wasn't he wasn't killing you. And yesterday was yesterday's a big win. Like it's it's that statement win. Um, you know, you could take, I hate doing this, but you know, nationally, you could even go, oh, you know, they beat Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky. They beat the Browns in a miracle game. They, you know, beat the Dolphins without Tua. You, you go on and on. And then, no, you beat the Bills with the MVP favorite and Super Bowl favorite in your building. You took care of business. You made Josh Allen probably play the worst game he'll play all year. You limited Stefan Diggs, another game where the Bills cannot win in a one-score game and held the guy, you know, held under 100 yards receiving. Stefan Diggs, the Bills have not won a game now in almost three years. So the Jets kind of have a blueprint how to beat Buffalo and to see Zach bounce back. I don't think Zach was like outstanding by any means. I watched it again this morning. He was fine. Um, he'd made some nice plays on, on third down specifically, you know, using his legs and the big, obviously big throw to Denzel Mims. But the bigger picture is here is the Jets are six and three and, and they're a damn good football team. Like I, I, we, I think we've been all trying to say it for a while, but I, I don't know outside of going into Buffalo or Kansas city at the moment. And maybe if you were playing in Philly, theoretically, there's no other games on the schedule where you'd even go, the Jets should be more than a seven point underdog. Like they, the days of the two point two touchdown underdogs have got to like are, are over. Um, I, I'm, you know, looking forward now it's yesterday was a big win. It's a carry that momentum They They need probably three, if not four wins to be a playoff team and a, a legitimate contender at that if Zach can continue to not throw up on himself um what do you think of Zach yesterday obviously again now that you've had a little time to kind of sit on it um you know most accurate game as a passer in the in the NFL obviously only the 154 yards but that's against the NFL's best defense I thought it was an encouraging game overall I don't I don't think we're going to be telling the game to our grandkids about how well Zach Wilson played or, or need to act like he played a flawless game but considering how bad he was the week before and considering how much everyone's been piling on him to come back and play a smart, efficient game where he got rid of the ball very quickly and very consistently and very clearly that was drilled into his head all week. And you saw the stats when the ball was out of his hand in under 2.5 seconds, I think it was 16 for 19 for like 150 yards and his touchdown. I thought it was encouraging. He finally used his legs to convert two big third downs that has to be a big part of what he does going forward. That should be happening 
two to four times every game because it's there for him to take and he's athletic enough to do it. And it's a huge, difficult thing for defenses to deal with when you bring that to the table. And when his first read is not there or his second read is not there, instead of starting to spin and run around the pocket, like he did the one time he made the mistake on the Von Miller strip, strip sack, take off up the middle and get 10 yards and get a first down. He got two huge third, third down conversions. That was huge. I think late in the game, look, they ran the ball down the Bills' throat on that go-ahead drive. They didn't need to throw, but the two times they added three, that's asked them to make three plays on that drive, right? He hit the slant to Denzel Mims on third down, which was the right read and a perfect throw. He did a good job on the design quarterback run, putting his shoulder down and staying in bounds, knowing the situation. And on third down, Buffalo was all over the route combo. And instead of trying to force it in and do something dumb, he ate it, took the sack, protected the ball and stayed in bounds. Those are all smart plays in clutch moments that helped the Jets get the win. And he had a couple nice throws, a couple rips to Garrett Wilson, of course, over the middle where you can see the arm talent. He didn't dirt any of the layups that LaFleur designed for him. He had the high one to Mims. Uh, he, I kind of put the long ball on more on Mims than him. Wasn't a perfect game, but every incompletion right now is like a congressional debate and hearing over with him, which is a little ridiculous. Like quarterbacks are going to throw some incompletions and miss some throws throughout the game. And he missed a couple, but on the whole, I left feeling that he learned from the New England game and that there was a formula to win with him this year and a formula for him to continue to get better. Of course, there are going to be certain games where they need him to do more than throw for 155 yards. He's going to get up, need to get up in that 230, 250 range. I don't know what week that's going to be, but it will come. But on the whole, he's certainly a much better player this year than he was last year. And that's broadly what you're looking for through 18 full games. And I do think we have to still remember he's only played 18 full games so far. Yeah, look, considering the circumstances, considering the defense he was up against, considering how god-awful he was against the Patriots more than just the interception. I mean, that's the worst performance Zach will ever ha hopefully ever have in an NFL uniform. Um, to come back like that against a team where no one gave him a chance and, you know, Zach was getting shredded for six straight days. That, that was the most impressive thing to me. Took what was given to him. I said, you know, I did Jake, uh, Jake Hasman show earlier. And said, there's only three plays that you kind of look at. The strip sack, Von Miller's gotten every guy in the league at that. It's, it's hard for me to kill him on that one. Um, obviously, I'd love to see him jump on the ball. I'm not sure how the Jets can never fall on an effing fumble. Um, it happened three times again yesterday. It's, it's just immaculate how they can't ever do it. Um, the third down to Mims was frustrating. Um, the third down to Tyler Conklin was probably the most frustrating one to me because it was the one time it felt like all game he left the pressure. He felt it almost too early and he didn't set his feet, airmailed it. Um, you know, and then obviously, you know, the one to CJ Uzama, I, I'm not sure if he was just late there. I'm not sure what happened. Very lucky to get away with that one. Um, obviously turned into a beneficial drive uh, for the Jets. You know, the sky cam happens and all that stuff. And, and Robert Sala using the, only the Jets line. I'm sure I'll be using that video about a thousand times. Overall, again, solid performance from Zach. You want to continue to see that going forward. I think he has a chance to get right against New England, frankly. Um, had a lot of opportunity out there. Still for throw for 350 yards last time. I don't think they'll run the, throw the ball 800 times again. Um, but there'll be plays to be made. And then a Chicago defense coming in that's, that's pretty awful. Um, you got Detroit coming up, Jacksonville. There's some games to get right there and boost the stat line up. Um, but you like to see him not turn, have that one crucial turnover. Defensively, 
I'm not sure what else you can really say about this defense. I think every level of the defense played well on Sunday. Um, you know, I, I'm done with the CJ Mosley slander. I just don't know what else to tell you. You know, maybe he's not CJ Mosley that was in his superpower primes the first game he played for the Jets, but he's a damn good football player, makes an impact. Obviously, we learned today Sheldon Rankin's out. Um, he's week to week with a dislocated elbow. He's been fantastic this year. The Jets are going to miss him while he's out. Hopefully, he'll be back sooner than later. But whether it's Bryce Huff, friend of the pod, or um, obviously the cornerback trio, really, that we need to give a shout out to. It's the best, in my opinion, best trio in the league right now, right up there with Philly and, and others. Um, what do you think of the defense overall to kind of force Josh Allen to, I mean, he could have had six turnovers yesterday pretty easily if Jordan Whitehead, uh, you know, catches any of those footballs. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I mean, they've been great. And they they settled in after, you know, you had the, the big double move to Diggs early, and you're like, uh-oh, like, is, is Sauce really ready for this game? Slipping, that was a slip on the kickoff. I'm not sure why. Oh, I, my God. Yeah. Just a and terrible. again, what, what kind of Jet teams is able to come back from that? Uh, and they were, and they were. And look, Allen, Allen's awesome, but he still has these moments and these games, particularly in close games, which is an interesting trend to watch with him where – he gets a little tight and he makes, he'll throw you a couple every game. And the Jets dropped a couple. They probably could have had more than they did, but they they held on to two massive ones to stop the bleeding very early after that kickoff flub and then to get the ball right back after Zach Wilson's turnover. And also to get him down five times is not easy. Five sacks, Jermaine Johnson's one and Bryce Huff's ones really stick out to me. Johnson's sack, you see that tackle missed like nine out of 10 times on Josh Allen. And he was athletic enough to bring him down. And then Bryce Huff really was the closer there. And he, every time he's on the field, something good happens, which is why Jets Twitter was going insane. He wasn't active the first few weeks. He's their best pure edge rusher and makes such a difference and cannot be blocked one-on-one. His, his pressure stats say it all. So uh, for them to stabilize and hold Gabriel Davis to 33 yards. This is a guy who's had, had four touchdowns in a divisional game on the road. He had 33 yards. Then. And a- after Diggs had that big catch, really didn't do all that much. You know, had another like 50 yards. Like he had a couple, you know, caught a hitch route, broke a tackle. Like he's going to make a couple of plays here or there. But look, I-, I try not to be hyperbolic with the Jets players. It's easy to do when you root for the team and you follow them so closely I genuinely believe that they have the best collection, top three cornerbacks in the NFL right now. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure there's other ones you can make an argument with. You can make a damn good argument that Gardner Reed and Michael Carter, who remains very underrated are the best starting trio of cornerbacks in the NFL right now. And I think sauce and Reed both deserve serious all pro consideration. Now, are they both going to get it? Probably not. Maybe one gets second team and one narrowly gets left off. They've both been, I don't know how you don't say they're not in the, I don't know, top 10 to 12 of cornerbacks in the NFL. And sauce is probably even a bit higher than that. And when you're doing that concurrently with Quinnen playing the best football of his career and being outside of Aaron Donald, the best interior defensive lineman in the NFL this year, clearly leads them all with seven sacks and is a legitimate all pro so far this year, where his life is now easier because you have Huff, you have Johnson, you have Carl Lawson, all of that mixing together 
is exactly what Robert Sala and Joe D- Douglas mapped out. And it's now all clicking. And that unit, knock on wood, has stayed relatively healthy. I know they're going to lose Rankins for a few weeks here. Fortunately, they have a lot of depth in the defensive line. Mosley's injury wasn't that serious. And of course, he's immensely critical to what they do in the middle of that defense. But the, you know, the personnel is there and, and they're executing the scheme. And if you can slow down that Bills offense, you could really slow down any offense. Now they're going to have some other challenges throughout the year, but since that Bengals game, really halftime of that Bengals game, they played as good as defense as anyone in the NFL. Yeah, look, I think they're probably conservatively a top three unit in the league right now. I know DVA, DVOA has them at like seven, PFF has them at one. Some of the stats have them in the top 10. Um, they are right alongside Denver, Philly, uh, obviously Buffalo. Um, it's pretty crazy the Jets have beaten the two best defenses probably in the league, uh, you know, now, and, and they'll survive it with what everyone considers bad quarterback play. Majority of those games missing their best offensive lineman, best offensive weapon, and beating both those defenses. Just a testament to how good, you know, and talented this roster is. Sauce Gardner's been fantastic. Um, I think everyone on draft night was, generally speaking, excited about sauce but I think you know candidly I was slightly con- a little not confused but I was like oh you know they, they do really need an o- another offensive lineman um but I you know they could not be happier with how the first two picks how you know this whole draft kind of turned out to l- love to see Jermaine Johnson another friend of the show um you gotta get a sack there a huge play in that football game Bryce Hoff has been been trying to tell people for two years and you know look at the stats when he's on the field the Jets went, you know, one and two and got zero quarterback pressure when he wasn't playing this year. Last year, I think two or three of their, you know, four wins, Bryce Huff was playing in the rest of the games he missed. The defense was awful. So um, you love to see that. Quinn Williams is very much an all pro and should be getting defensive player of the year votes. So should Sauce Gardner. Um, again, whether they win or Sala or Douglas, very unlikely. We'll probably see Sauce potentially win rookie of the year. And maybe if Garrett Wilson gets really hot here, um, can potentially make give a run for the money for offensive rookie of the year, but it, it's been it's been special to watch this defense. I think they've got some very favorable matchups the next two weeks, um, whether it's Chicago's offensive line and the Jets be able to pin their ears back and some of their receivers um, give Justin Fields some fits. New England they gave a ton of fits too, and they got short field after short field after short field, and Mac Jones looked uh, rancid <laughs> to be frank on on, uh, on Sunday against the Colts, who are clearly tanking. By the way. Um, Jeff Saturday, congrats on getting the weirdest head coaching job ever. Um, but look, I, I think you look at this defense and you feel like you can go in anywhere and they can keep, keep in the ball game. And this defense is meant to play with a lead or play in close games. And the Jets have pretty much been in a close gamer with the lead in most all these games. And when you can get pressure with four and you can cover the crap out of people on the back end, you give yourself a really, really good chance to win every single football game you're in. And um, outside of that trip to Buffalo, which will be a really difficult game, potentially week 18 in Miami. Um, none of those offenses really, you know, even the Vikings, like you, you feel like you can get pressure on Kirk. So, um, I want to kind of just quickly hit here, the expectations level, go- the expectation level going forward and more so with new England coming up. Um, I know you'll be at the game. I, I weirdly feel like that's a game that should be flexed. No one wants to watch Bengals Steelers in two weeks. The Steelers are atrocious. And they, they have a real case for the flex. I don't think it's going to happen, but it yeah, makes sense know. on paper. But that game, the next two games is, are pivotal to me for the season. Because if you can go 2-0 and here, you start 3-1 and in the division, you're 8-3 and overall, and you get another tiebreaker now because um, they'll have a better division record than New England. How crucial is this next stretch of between, you know, it's really four games, but the next two games, um, you know, 
obviously New England, uh, Chicago, and then I think you have Minnesota after that. How crucial are these three, two or three coming up? Well, if you look at the eight games left, you go four and four, you're getting to 10 and seven, which I think is probably enough, but it's borderline. 11 would definitely be enough. So you'd feel a lot, a lot better at finishing five and three than four and four. Four and four, you're, you're kind of leaving it up to the tiebreakers, most likely. I, I think if you look at the first block of four, the easiest of the four games are the first two. It's at New England, home for Chicago, and then at Minnesota and at Buffalo. So you figure, look, I think the Minnesota game's winnable. Uh, I think, you know, they're seven and one, seven and one, seven and one, but I, I, I just, that they're beatable team and i think they've won a lot of close games i still think you go into there you're probably i don't know five and a half point underdogs i think in buffalo maybe they're seven and a half or eight point underdogs uh new england i guess that line will probably settle at like three and a half maybe new england minus three and a half and i think they'll be favorites at home against chicago maybe by three or three and a half for the first time all season um so if you could win those first two you really give yourself a nice, a nice little cushion to say, look, like if they can pragmatically split with at Buffalo and at Minnesota, or even if they lost both of those games, but were competitive in both, you're you're okay going into your final four with a chance to really make a playoffs, the playoffs pass. Cause then you'd be eight and five uh going into still having Jacksonville and Detroit at home. Two games you'll be comfortable favorites in. And then if you split your other two road games, Seattle and Miami, both gonna be really tough games. That's 11. So they need to beat New England for a million different reasons. It's the only team in the division they haven't been able to beat this year. You need it for tie-breaking purposes. You need it to exercise those demons for the team, for the organization, for the fan base. And because, candidly, I think they're just better than New England. And they gave away – that's the game this year where you're like, man, they really probably should be 7-2. and Because uh, I do think they are better than them, and their defense should be able to – contain whatever they're trying to do with Mac Jones at this point. Still a hard place to play though. And always hard to play against Belichick. So not a gimme Chicago. I think the jets are a better team than them, but they've been much more game the last three or four weeks and they will make plays and put up points. And Justin Fields is running all over the place right now. So not an easy game by any stretch easier than playing in new England. Uh, it's the bye week's coming at a right time because you're going to get Corey Davis back. You'll get Max Mitchell back. You'll likely get George Fant back. Gives Rankins a little more time to heal. So you get him back for December, hopefully. Uh, if they could win those next two, I think you go from feeling like pretty good to great about them being a playoff team because, again, they still have the two quote unquote easier ones on the schedule with being home for Detroit and being home for Jacksonville. So, you know, we'll learn a lot, man. If they, if they could beat New England in New England, They've they've cleared a lot of hurdles this year in beating all three of the teams in their division uh, and setting themselves up really well for a tiebreaker and pushing down really one of their main competitors for a wild card spot down to two games below them. And New England still has Buffalo twice after they play the Jets. So you beat them. You're seven and three. They're five and five. You already got a win against Buffalo under your belt. And a win against Miami, which New England does not have. So you're likely to have that tiebreaker with them. Now, all of a sudden, it's eight teams competing for seven spots. And you just got to focus on, can you beat out the Bengals or the Chargers? And both of those teams have been really erratic this year. So it's very refreshing to be talking about playoff scenarios versus draft scenarios. So I'm happy to do that at this time of the year. Yeah, as much as I love the draft and I'm excited to you know dive in a draft film down, uh, you know, down the line, I am more than happy to, to, to look at playoff scenarios. Um, I'll, I'll finish with this. Look, 
I don't want to be hyperbolic as well here, but the expectations have changed, and I think it's fair for them to have changed. The Jets have – do I think they catch Buffalo? No. Do I think the Jets in that locker room should be thinking, why can we not win this division? We've already beaten Miami and Buffalo. We feel like we're going to beat New England. Sauce Garner already said he's like, I am, we are ready to go for New England already. Coming off the bye, you're going to get much healthier. Guys like even Zach or JFM or guys that have been on the injury report. You know, CJ Mosley, these guys need a, that bye week. Carl Lawson hasn't played a full season in a while. It's nice for him to, you know, get a, minute, a little break here. Um, you go, you move to eight and three. And I don't want to be, you know, you have to beat New England. But if you get to eight and three going into that Minnesota game, you know, Buffalo plays Minnesota next week. And who knows if Buffalo writes the ship or it starts to spiral. Josh Allen looks like he has an elbow injury. Um you know, everyone, every, you got to be rooting pretty hard against Miami and Buffalo here and saying, let's, the playoffs is the minimum here, but let's go chase the division because this team might be good enough to do it. If Zach continues to play clean football, they have every chance to go out. And as much as, well, as much as it might be difficult, you know, can we set ourselves up to be the five seed and get Tennessee in round one and Malik Willis? Um, and maybe we get Buffalo again in, you know, the divisional round. We go in a play like these, this is how these things happen. It's give yourself every opportunity to, to not only get in the dance, but make some noise because, as you mentioned, the AFC is wide open. Sunday was a massive, massive victory. I'll get it more into it later in the week. Obviously, Badlands will have um, a ton of their own content um, with Joe and Connor. We'll have a couple of Jets players on later uh, this week and early next week during the bye. Um, a couple other guests as well. So make sure you you know stay tuned. Joe, anything else you want to leave with Badlands? Profit exchange stuff? Any, anything else good you guys got going on? Look, we, we're going to have the props going for the Jets' pass game, so stay tuned for that. And remember that with better odds and bigger wins are available on Profit Exchange all football season long, Jets' betters have seen significantly better returns on Profit Exchange than a sports book. If you bet 100 on the Jets' money line every week on Profit, you'd be up 613 compared to 545 on a normal sports book. That's an 11% increase on your winnings. New users can receive a 25% first deposit match up to 250. Win more or lose less on every single bet. Sign up today at nj.profitbettingexchange.com or download the Profit Exchange app from the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21 plus in President NJ. Terms and conditions apply for deposit match. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Make sure to look out for that prop bet, which will be out there before Jets Pats. Looking forward to being on the ground there and then always good to talk with you, Will. Talk to you guys next week. Thanks everybody for listening.